You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and a very special guest for you on this episode, Heath Bullock. Heath is a principal owner and managing director of SVN Create. He has 22 years of experience in commercial real estate with specific expertise in the dental industry. Heath, great to have you on the Practice Growth Podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Sean. And I, you know, I really enjoy your success here podcast. This is awesome. But yeah, thanks again for being here. This should be a fun conversation and also hopefully uh, informative for everyone too. Uh, before we get too deep into any commercial real estate specifics, I just I always find it helpful uh, for the audience if they have a little bit of context to start. So if you would, could you just share a little bit about kind of your background and how you got to this current point of your career? Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm born and raised in Iowa, educated in Iowa, graduated from the University of Northern Iowa and came to Central Iowa. Uh, so I studied real estate and for the last 22 years been practicing commercial real estate, transactional, uh, most recently leading a team of eight individuals um, with property management services, project management services, and transactional brokerage services. So it's, it's been a great run. I uh, love Central Iowa and uh, just really, really been great to serve, you know, business owners in, in, the, in the immediate area. So for dentists that are interested in a new practice space, uh, just maybe at a high level to start, could you kind of lay out the different paths for a dentist or a specialist to go down that road? Absolutely. It's best to take a holistic approach and looking at you know, current situation, goals, 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years out and and practice growth and really looking at what the best scenario is. Every practitioner is a little different in their goals. Um, a lot of times, you know, we're exploring multiple paths um, once we center in on a geographic territory. And leasing space is definitely an option. And we can easily run through the numbers and cover the market on any and every lease opportunity. And then also we look at ground-up build and compare the difference of lease versus own. Um, occasionally, there may be um, existing structure for adaptive reuse um, that we can rework. That um, does come into play, but it's it's really good to explore the entire market and all, all three options, Sean. So just to clarify, lease, uh, a ground-up build, or sort of refurbishing or rebuilding and adapting an existing space are the, sort of the three main paths. Correct. Correct. We, you know, we, we were able to you know, run parallel, get a, get a schedule, procurement schedule together and run parallel paths. And it's important to always continue to review and analyze the market. We like to try to educate as best of our abilities. Um, you know, on the market far as acquiring existing structures, land, you know, and, and then lease space and just show you the occupancy cost on, on all options. So you understand at the end of the transaction why you made your decision and, and you know, um, get, just give you the comfort level, full, full transparency and, and just, you know, layout of the occupancy cost over a 10, 15 year period is really important and the benefits of, 
of either leasing that space or, or owning it yourself. And is, is it fair to say that geography or location is the other driving force uh, in terms of, you know, how a dentist goes about making that decision? Absolutely. Obviously, infill locations, adaptive reuse, you know, buying an existing structure um, may be one of the most feasible options. If you're in suburbia and it's a high-growth suburbia location, you know, um, you know finding, finding sites to build is maybe a little bit easier. Um, so the market does dictate, um, but the goal is to find functional space where you can be a highly productive practitioner, you know, that can really maximize value out of the real estate and, and have a great practice. Just in your experience in working with dentists and specialists, uh, I guess, how common is it for one or the other to kind of be the driving force in the decision? One being like, I want to be in this general area. I don't care if I lease or build versus I want to build or I only want to lease and location isn't as important to me. How does, I guess, in your experience in, in doing it this for 22 years, how do those kind of fit together more, more most commonly? If you're a new practitioner to a trade area, it's a lot, it's very important to have visibility and exposure. You know, don't let the real estate rule your business. Don't make, don't make a real estate decision. Make a business decision, which is really important. If you're if you're new trade area or new to a community, just starting out your practice, visibility is very important um, to maximize success and growth. You know, in the early years, if you're existing practitioner or have a book of existing business, you might be able to take, um, you know, you might be able to, you know, stretch your client base out a little bit and, and territory and geographic boundaries. Uh, staying in the traffic patterns of work from home uh, is always important. Um, but, you know, it, it does matter where you're at in your current situation of where your real estate needs to be. Um, oftentimes, and in today's world, at least for the past three to five years, um, owning's been a real option and it's been a real possibility for practitioners. Um, over the long term, owning's cheaper. Uh, Short term, leasing's cheaper. So um, it really depends on your horizon and your goals long term of being in practice. Okay, no, that's that's really good background. Thanks for kind of walking through that the nuance of that. So. Let's say I'm a I'm a dentist or a specialist, and I want I either own my own practice already, or I want to start a new practice, and I know I want to have some interest in my practice space, whether that's lease or building from the ground up or adapting an existing space. Kind of, if you would just kind of walk us through what that process starts with, or how it starts to engage someone like yourself who has some some expertise in that commercial real estate space, working with dentists and specialists. Well, the real estate transaction is uh, can be a windy road. It's not always straight and narrow and, a, and an easy path. Um, if if someone tells you it's it's easy and simple to procure procure real estate and build, I mean, you know, it's it's you probably need to second guess that. <laughs> Developing a really good team, a strong team with great experience, and having a full team. Um, ready to go, so you're not you're limiting delays or decisions. Really helps. So um, we work on the advisory side, far as you know, site selection, 
space selection, um, occupancy cost projection. Uh, but you, I mean, you really need to have your, your, you know, your accountant, your attorney, architect, contractor, equipment provider, all on board throughout the process. So regular meetings, regular touch points, really, really important. Keeps the process running as smooth as possible. Um, and being able to analyze the entire market um, so you're not missing any opportunities is, is also really important. Of those team members, is it more common for one of those professionals to be sort of quarterbacking or, or leading the charge? Or how does that fit together usually in your experience? Great, great question. Great question. Um, there's certain phases of the transaction that, uh, you know, your, your real estate professional advisor would lead. And then knowing where that, that advice starts and stops to transition from architectural to, so, I mean, there's not stepping outside the box and staying within your specialty is very important. Um, so, you know, organizing some of the meetings can easily start with, you know, either the, you know, probably the real estate professional and then bringing in the architectural immediately along with the contractors, just really important. Um, but just knowing, knowing where you start and stop far as designing the space um, is, is really, really important. What's the life cycle like? And I use life cycle, but maybe the sales cycle is a better way to say it. You know, so you've, you've got a dentist that is, is engaging you. And I know timing is, is going to be a variable, but is it, you know, for someone who wants to lease, is that a six to 12 month process? Just give us a little bit more context on leasing versus building from the ground up, kind of that, uh, that cycle from deciding that you want to do it to having the doors open? Uh, starting earlier rather than later. And even a lot of times I get reached, people reach out to me and, and make a connection, develop a relationship, you know, start to learn the market. The more time you have for that is, is, is really good. Never too early. I would say um, 12 to 18 months for ground up build is, is kind of a comfort zone. If you, you know, from a lease standpoint, six to nine months is really a comfort zone, but I, I can tell you, um, starting earlier rather than later is always really good. Now is a time where you have the ability to negotiate and not make hard commitments right away. So now is a good time to get out in the market. Um, when things were tight, Getting out in the market too soon and negotiating too soon maybe put you at a disadvantage if you weren't ready to commit. Um, but generally, from a, from generally speaking, those time frames work best. You know, from a standpoint of lease six to nine months, build twelve to eighteen months. So, for a dentist that approaches you and is interested in, in trying to figure out the best option for them in the future of their practice, what are the and I, maybe you touched on this, but I just want to make sure it's it's clear what are the what are the main things you're trying to pull out or understand about them and their situation to make sure that whatever space or uh, location you find for them it's it's the best fit and they're and they're satisfied with how things turn out uh, well. For the dental world, obviously, great parking, easy access, and visibility is always top of mind. Um, but really, 
you know, your team members are also very, very, very important. So that environment for your team members and, uh, you know, being able to come to work in a comfortable environment, you know, is critical as well. You know, so I would say, I would say it really, it really depends on the practitioner and their goals. A little different if you have an existing established practice or if you're starting up a new practice. I see some newer practices maybe, you know, sacrifice on a few things to keep costs down and maybe come back and do their permanent location down the road. Um, you know, if they're startup practices, um, you know, if it's your, if it's your lifelong goal to be in one location, um, you know, that's always, that's always good to know. And you want to, you want to get it perfect and right the first time, um, you know, maybe taking some extra time, to really focus on location and design is, is very important. So I know you hit on it at a high level, but could you just maybe compare and contrast a few of the pros and the cons and uh, leasing versus building from the ground up? What's really interesting is we've, we've been able to you know, put practitioners in a position to you know, build their own immediately, partly because of bank financing um, being so readily available and just being able to pull the trans- transaction together quickly. Also partly because of maybe some, you know, partnership or joint venture opportunities that could be offered for equity. Um, so that's always, that's always beneficial for the practitioner, especially if they're looking for the, you know, one location long-term play. What's the process of engaging you? Obviously, it starts with a conversation like all business starts with, but uh, obviously you're sharing your expertise and your market knowledge uh, with a dentist who's looking for a space. If, at what point does the engagement become more of official? And what does that look like? Maybe as kind of a, a second part to that question. Yeah. yeah, I always enjoy the face-to-face. That's just what our business is. Um, you know, both for, you know, dental practitioners and real estate people, it's a face-to-face interaction. There's got to be a comfort level and a trust. Um, so hire whoever you're comfortable with and trust. I always recommend for, for multiple industries, you know, you know, pick a professional you trust, you're comfortable with, you, you know they have knowledge in the industry and hire them. It's going to save you a lot of time. It's going to save you a lot of, a lot of heartache, um, and you know maybe some missteps. Um, you know what what solidifies that relationship is a representation agreement. It's really just a form letter that designates your agent, your real estate professional, which is really important. It's part of state licensing law. It's 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 really best practice. Um, it's full disclosure for all parties involved who you represent. So everybody knows where you stand in the transaction. So eventually you need to get to that level. Um, but, uh, you know, the value adds there for, for the practitioner to make that commitment and have that ally on your side. So uh, simple representation agreement, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, you know, compensation for a real estate professional comes out of, you know, a landlord or a seller 
side of the transaction. Um, you know, it's not an upfront financial commitment. Uh, and you are getting, you know, the expertise, the experience, the guidance, the trust um, from a from a dedicated person, uh, professional real estate agent. So at what point does it cross into that phase of an official agreement? At what point or kind of what are the the signs or the indicators that it needs to move beyond just kicking the tires and okay, we're going to we're going to sign a few documents and shake hands and make it official. You have hired me to help you find a space. Normally, normally it's amazing enough. It's usually first or second meeting. And once you start really digging into the information, there's a significant amount of time and energy involved in in organizing and analyzing data, um, which is really important. Um, So normally it's, you know, first one or two meetings where you're really getting comfortable with a working relationship. So it typically happens very early on in the process. Um, it keeps everybody engaged and knows everybody's roles and responsibilities. Yeah, just to clarify the, the, the compensation piece. So compensation for you is provided solely from the landlord or the seller of the land in most instances. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, and marketing property, um, and especially just the, you know, the desire for, you know, the dental industry to either be a tenant in a building or a neighbor or in a development, you know, there's um, never had any issues with compensation from a seller or a landlord to, you know, work through, you know, and negotiations with a, with a dental practitioner. Um, so 99% of the time, that's usually the case, especially in the central Iowa market. Um, you know, it's just common practice for, you know, transactions such as dental transaction. That's usually, you know, 10 year commitment to have representation on your side. So you said something that stood out to me a little while ago, and it was that, you know, expect things to be not this straight line from signing a a representation agreement to finding exactly the space that you want, Um, which I appreciate. I'm always someone that wants kind of a a realistic expectation set for me and anything that I do about how hard or how easy it's going to be on the front end. And it usually makes me trust someone more that I'm working with uh, in that general scenario. So I like your approach with that. But just kind of for context, what are some of the things that tend to pop up? within your experience, either on the lease side or on the build from the ground up side that tend to uh, be hurdles that have to be navigated? I've definitely seen a scarcity of availability of commercial real estate product. And the general public can struggle to grasp that concept um, because you may see a sign on, you know, every street corner or every other street corner But, you know, is that landlord wanting a dentist? You know, is that landlord looking for a restaurant? Is that landlord looking for a different type of use? Um, Many questions need to go in immediately and digging and sorting through options um, to make sure motivations are aligned. Um, That's a big part of it. Um, I can tell you, um, you can expect it in almost anything and everything. From a standpoint of, you know, as a landlord or a seller in a good position to transact, 
Um, are all partners on board? What is ownership structure? There's just a lot of questions that go into, you know, um, selecting a real estate. Is is the parcel bankable? Is is it make sense? Is it going to praise out? Um, there's many different scenarios that can occur. Trying to avoid those pitfalls is is really the, the commercial real estate professional's responsibility to the best of their ability. But there's so many people involved in every commercial real estate transaction from you know two parties to you know a bunch of partners to attorneys accountants you know local city officials um just to just to pull a transaction together it takes a lot of people a lot of effort so um you know pulling the architectural and the contractor numbers together it's all a very important aspect of the transaction so Timing is usually the biggest point and, you know, trying to be as efficient as possible, meeting regularly, keeping communication up and, and continually moving the transaction forward is a big aspect. One question as we start to wrap up that kind of popped up as you were walking through that is, and this is a question I don't obviously know the answer to. Is there any zoning restrictions? Is is commercial real estate just commercial for any use, or can there be zoning res- restrictions in terms of what type of commercial enterprise can go in a just piece of Iowa farmland, as an example? There are some restrictions. Um, not not necessarily. The dental industry is usually a very sought after occupancy, uh, and you know a critical, essential piece of the community or a service sector. So generally it's, it's widely accepted where you can run into issues is access signage. And some of this relates around with zoning codes, um, design of the space and parking. You know, you want to make sure all those things are convenient and for your use. Otherwise it could render, you know, the piece of real estate, you know, just basically functionally absolutely for your, for your purpose. So, um, most general zoning works for this type of use um, across broad spectrum, industrial, retail, office, mixed use, because um, it's a very it's, it's a very complementary use to many many different structures. But I would say I would say where you can run into issues is you know getting the necessary parking you need, getting the signage you need, getting the access you need. Um, and maybe some of the surrounding parcels, surrounding neighborhood that would be less desirable for a dental practice. You mentioned earlier that uh, it's never too early to start a conversation for anyone listening that is interested in building up or leasing or having their own space at some point in the future and wants to start a conversation with you, Heath. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Absolutely. So, you know, you, you could be you know, two years in a five-year lease, you could be three years into a 10-year lease. You say, hey, I want to own my building someday and I want a second practice or I want to establish this goal or whatever. Love to hear those stories. I mean, love to hear about goals and ambitions and and just trying to forecast. I have some practitioners that will call me and say, hey, I'm in a lease. Is this right? Does this make sense? Um, you know, am I getting treated fairly? Um, and, and I'm happy to answer those questions. Um, but best way to reach me, I mean, a simple Google search, Heath Bullock, SVN, I'll, I'm towards the top. 
uh, <laughs> website, SBN Create. Um, always, always hits it on. I'm also on LinkedIn. So um, welcome my mobile number to anybody, 515-554-7412. That's the most ac- accessible. Email heat.bullock at sbn.com. And those are the ways you can reach me. That should cover it. Just to, to clarify, S is in Sally, V is in Victor, N is in Nancy. Create.com is the domain on both the, the website and the email, heath.bullock. That'll all be in the show notes for anyone listening. And it uh, sounds like you're keeping up on your SEO too, so people can find you on Google, I guess, worst case scenario, right? Somebody is. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Heath, hey, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing your expertise. This is this has been a lot of fun, and uh, thank you yes, for being uh, a guest on the Practice Growth Podcast. Yeah, and congratulations on all your success, Sean. Sean Terrell is a registered representative, certified exit planner, and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities LLC PAS Securities Products and Advisory Services offered through PAS Member Finra SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a direct, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Carroll Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Carroll Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Compliance tracking number 2021-11468, expiration date January 2023.